Lupita just read those wonderful verses that are, come from the book of Luke, which is about Jesus walking into synagogue and making some pretty bold statements. And he says really interesting things. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. Those are like really big statements. And what I've come to understand in my life, and some of you have come to understand in your life, is that there's two kinds of knowledge. There's knowledge that you know in your head that's supposedly like empirically true, like stuff you just know, like, yeah, okay, I, I, I you know, the stuff that you know in your head. Okay, I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to give three examples, but I'm not. So stuff you know in your head. But then there's also stuff that you know to be true because you've experienced the truth of that thing. You've experienced it in a more powerful way than just head knowledge. You understand the difference? There's two kinds of knowledge. My dad was an alcoholic. And my dad had his first drink at nine. He thinks he was addicted by 12 and he was off and running. My dad grew up in a home with eight kids, nine kids actually, one uh, passed away, like an like a infant pa like passing away. He grew up with eight kids. His dad also had an addiction problem too. And his dad before him also had an addiction. In fact, his addictions and demons were so bad that my great-grandfather on my dad's side, he killed himself when my grandpa was only 12. And my grandpa tried to figure out life on his own, life on the streets at 12 years old. And so when he um, turned 18, he thought he signed up for the Coast Guard. Uh, but the recruiter tricked him, signed him up for the Army. He went to Iwo Jima. And, uh, and he participated in World War II. He gets back. He meets my grandma. They get married. They get busy. And they have eight kids. <laughs> Something happened there. <laughs> Thank you, guy in the back that understands and, and my dad was one of those kids. And my grandpa did just a little bit better than his dad did. But, it, but there were still some problems. There was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of addiction in the home. And my dad grew up in that environment. My dad was so bad, <laughs> he got kicked out of uh, his house at 18. So what did he do? He joined the Navy. He joins the Navy... And he's so bad and disruptive in the Navy, and his alcohol abuse is so big that he almost gets kicked out of the Navy in the 70s. Do you know how bad you got to be to get kicked out of the Navy in the 70s? Pretty bad. Yeah. So, and so he, they're like, you got to get this right or we're going to throw you out. And he's like, no, man, I love the Navy. And so he goes, he goes, I got to get this right. I got to get this thing, this, whatever this is, under control in my life. So he goes to AA. Have you ever heard of AA? Alcoholics Anonymous. He goes to AA. And he starts going through AA. He was so bad at AA, they almost threw him out of AA. Do you know how bad you got to be? My dad's a bad boy. So he's like, <laughs> my daddy a bad boy. So he almost gets thrown out of there. And one of the big things that um, he wouldn't do is rule number two, which is you have to believe in a higher power. So he, he was just wrestling with this and wrestling with it. And he 
he's, he's in this moment, he's stationed in Guam, he's full of addiction, he's from a family that is, there's a lot of abuse, both physical, mental, emotional, there's addiction all around him growing up. He is at his lowest point, he cannot figure it out. And he remembers back to third grade when he had showed up to this church for a year. Apparently, um, my grandpa had gotten sober for a year. They went to church for a year, and then he fell off the wagon. They stopped going. And he goes to this church for a year, and he, and he remembered, if you reach out to God, if you reach out to Jesus, Jesus will reach back out to you and help you in your time of need. And so there my dad is, in the Navy, 18, 19 years old, with a mohawk. Um, they said he needed to shave his head, so he did it on the side. Had a mohawk, and he's, he's just a bad guy. And like, and he, and he, and he, and he reaches out to Jesus, and he says, "Jesus, come into my life and free me from these problems." And as the story goes, he was freed from those problems. My dad's been sober for forty-four years. In that exact moment, that God, uh, thank you, thank you, band. I can hear the band in the back, but you can also, <laughs> thank you, band. <laughs> See you. We'll talk later. Uh, and so he's free from it. My dad's been sober for 44 years, and it's amazing. It's amazing. And he believed that the reason he was saved from those problems is because the power of the resurrected Jesus came into his life in that moment. He got sober. He got cleaned up. He got out of the, uh, um, he got out of the Navy, and he runs into my mom, and they both start grooving. My mom had become a Christian uh, in a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, because she was at a bar and uh, in the seventies, and uh, you know, drinking three five beer. Uh, if you're old enough, you know what that is. And uh, and she, um, some Jesus freak person, like you know, the Jesus freak people that were in the seventies, had led her to experience an encounter with the Lord. So they both come to know. Uh, they come to faith in God. They come to faith in Jesus. They meet each other. They both want to be married. They start moving towards marriage, and then they have this moment where they're. They're like, if there was only a way for us to follow Jesus with other people who follow Jesus, I wonder if there's a concept out there where that could happen. And they, go, and they get this bright idea, like they feel like they invented it themselves. They go, we should check out a church and see how that goes. And so they go to a, they go to a few churches here and there. They're checking them out. And it's not really going for them. And then my dad goes, why don't we go back to that church I went to once when I was in third grade? This is in Cleveland, Ohio. It's the mistake by the lake. Cleveland, Ohio. That's where I was raised. I live here now for obvious reasons. So they go back to this little church that my dad went to for like a short period of time when he was in third grade. He's in his 20s now. He goes back to this church. It's called Grace Church. They go through the doors and the lead pastor is there. The same pastor that was there when he was in third grade. And he goes, he walks up to him, and he says, hi, my name is Chris Meekins. And the pastor's name was Donald Schaefer. And Donald Schaefer looked at my dad, and he looked at my mom, these kids just wandering in, trying to figure out how to follow God, how to do life different, how to stay sober, how not to be in abusive relationships, how not to pass those things on to their children. They walk in totally confused into a room similar like this, into a room where they knew nobody, where people could have been judgy or weird, probably weird more than judgy. And then like all the things, I mean, I mean, come on, you, going to, you ever been to church? Obviously. You're like, what is going to go on in that room? And so they go in there and they walk up to him. He walks up. He says, hi, my name's Chris Meekins. And this pastor remembers my dad. He says, yes, Chris Meekins, I remember you. I remember you. And then he says, welcome home. 
And what that did for my parents in that moment, that's one of the big things that changed their life forever. When Jesus, by the power of his resurrection, came into their lives and began to speak to them, that was a big moment. But the second piece to their relationship with God and the total change of their lives was when the community of God welcomed them in and said, welcome home. You are welcome here, and you are a part of this community. And what that meant from that moment on, my parents had to work it out. They had to do life differently than they had ever done before. They had to make changes. They had to make new friends. They had to invest in people that they didn't understand totally. And they got involved in those relationships. And because of that, their lives went on a completely different train than all the other previous generations. They were going in a completely different direction than anything that they, the parents had experienced or their parents or their grandparents before them had experienced. And this is powerful because when I look at my life and when I look at the life of my siblings and when I look at the life of my child who's nine years old, my life is completely different because of answered prayers that my parents prayed. My parents prayed, God, please, please help us to do life differently and help us to raise our children in a way that's different. A way that's not like we experience. A way that will be different for future generations. Break the generational curses. Break the problems and the oppression and the things that we saw and put our kids in a different place. And so what am I supposed to say? I don't have a crazy story. Do you want to know why? Because I stand on the shoulders of parents uh, that made those changes. I stand on the shoulders of people that said, God, please bring us into something different. Please help us to become something different. And so here's what I believe. I believe that when people talk about Jesus, when people say, proclaim good news to the poor, I don't just know it, I saw it. And when it says, proclaim freedom, uh, freedom for prisoners, it's not just something that I know in my head. It's something I saw my parents work out in their lives. Like, it's real. What God's power can do for you and for me and what God wants to do in this city is real. You know why I know it's real? Because I grew up watching it be real. I grew up watching it change someone's life. Recovery of sight for the blind, oppress the freedom for the oppressed. This is a real thing. And just like in our vision for this church has always been, just like when my parents walked in and uh, Pastor Donald Schaefer said, welcome home, that one day when we in this church, that as we welcome people into this church and people walk through the door, just maybe, just maybe there would be some young couple walking in that doesn't know what's going on. They're walking out problems with their family. Maybe they come from a history of spiritual, mental, social, any kind of abuse. Uh, maybe they're struggling with addiction. Maybe they're having major relational problems with someone. It doesn't matter because I would be able to stand at the front door with people on my left and my right people like you and we would be able to look them in the eye and we'd be able to say welcome home that we could say welcome home and they would go what what kind of a place 
welcomes people and you don't even know me. I'll tell you what kind of people. It's people who have encountered and experienced the freedom that only God can bring. And that's what we're aiming at. That's what we've always been aiming at. And that's what I will continue to aim at. Now, we started this church four years ago. We launched it and it was really fun. And we met for about a year and a half. And then um, a small virus, I forget the name of it, came out, got released. When it first got released, it was super scary. Uh, and, then, and then, you know, we sat at home for two years. And so we had to rebuild and redo this thing. But all throughout that, our conviction as a leadership team and as a church has remained the same. That we would always be a place that could welcome people in. Freedom for the oppressed. Freedom for people that don't understand what's going on. Freedom from spiritual things that might keep them from encountering the living God. This would always be a place for that. And we would be a people that would want to do that for each other. In your life, yes, you have, may have problems. This church is for you to find freedom from those problems and to walk in the path that God has for you. But in your life, God has put you in places and will put you in places where you can also be that for somebody else. And today we're launching our ministry season from 2022 to 2023. Um, a little bit of nerdy statistics People only go to church from September to May. And then in the summer, they're like, where'd they all go? And I'm like, I don't know, uh, on a boat or whatever. But so like the highest attendance church service is usually Easter, uh, followed by the lowest attendance church service, which is the following week after Easter. <laughs> they're like, I did my job. Jesus rose from the dead. I'm going to the beach. Um, and, and so our ministry season starts. So what does this mean? Well, we're launching a, a new sermon series where we're going to be talking about big dreams, big vision, where God wants to do big dreams and big, has big dreams and big vision for our lives and for the people around us. So you're invited to be a part of that. And we're going to be launching community groups. This is a way for you to get to know other people and people to get to know you. And that's really what we're aiming at. And then we have a few uh, things that we're aiming at with Pack City Impact, which is our way of caring for people in our city. Now, there's, um, there's a couple of great, really exciting things like Harvest Home, which works with uh, single homeless mothers or mothers-to-be that are expecting, that are on the street and need help. And rather than judge or, uh, you know, politicize their problem, uh, what Harvest Home does is they come alongside them and give them resources and educate them and help them get back on their feet. And they have massive needs all around them. And so our church is going to participate in that as well as a few other things. And so um, in the same way, there's two kinds of knowledge for you. There's things that you know in your head and there's things that you know that could be true uh, because you've experienced them. And our vision for this community is that you would walk along with us, that we would move in the same direction, and that you would experience more of the good things that God has for you this year. And not only that, it's not just all about you. I know that's the big thing in Los Angeles. It's all about you, Project Self. But it's about what you can do with other people, and more importantly, what God may want to do through you for other people. It's not always about you. It's not always about me. Because when I look at people, sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I can help them. But then God empowers me to help that person or care for that person or see something miraculous happen in their life. And that's because the only thing is I made myself available. And in the same way, 
when you make yourself available, God may work through you to bring blessing, just like uh, we read in the scriptures. And so Jesus has set this world free, and you're invited to be a part of that and join up with what we're doing. Um, this fall, our vision is that you would be able to connect, grow, and serve. And so what I'm inviting you to do is come back next week. Um, we're going to throw a pancake party. I know that it sounds like we're going to throw food at you, and we may. But uh, yeah, come back, hang out, meet some people, and we're going to move in this direction together. And hopefully we'll be able to start to build relationships and friendships. And from that, we'll be able to have a greater impact on Santa Monica and our city. And so I'll just close with this. Like, when I think about um, my life and yours, I don't know the great amount of impact we might have, but I do want to spend my life doing the right thing and helping people who might be in need and serving them. And even though the outside world may not believe the same things I believe, it shouldn't keep me and it shouldn't keep you from loving and caring about people, that people would look at our lives at the end of the day. And even if they say, you know, I don't know if I believe in Jesus or follow Jesus, but if I did follow Jesus, I would, I would, I would go to that church or I would, I would want to be friends with that person there. That your life would be an example of what Jesus has done. And for anyone here, um, I'll say this as well. For anyone here, we keep talking about a relationship with Jesus. What does that mean? It means that God came to earth and lived a perfect life through the person of Jesus and that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose again. And we believe that when he rose again, he showed himself to actually be God. He proved that he was God. And so for anyone who desires to draw close to him, we believe that our God is living and doing things in the world. Anyone who would draw close to them would experience freedom, spiritual freedom, and something called eternal life. Now, sometimes people think eternal life is like when you die, you don't go to hell or something like that. The way we understand eternal life is that God is bringing his future and his love and something else from another dimension into our lives now, that we can have the fullness that God designed for our lives right here and now. And so for any of you who desire to draw close to him, I encourage you, give your life to Jesus and, say, and just basically say, Jesus, I welcome you into my life. And when you do that, God will come into your life and he'll change you.